to linger here like this Hold your hand and steal a kiss or two On the front porch with you Hello and welcome to On the Front Porch with us, your regular Disney podcast. I'm Tony Pascal. My name is Josh. <laughs> That's, That's right. And this week, we are very excited to be talking to you about a movie that's very dear to our hearts. We're going to be talking this week about Thor Ragnarok. Wait, I didn't. Cody, I didn't. I didn't see that yet. No, I didn't either. See, we're recording this like a month ago. We're, so. we're in the past. I haven't we're seen. The, I don't. I don't know what notes, Tony. <laughs> I don't have any notes for the Ragnarok. <laughs> no, but for uh, real. So instead, let's talk about James and the Giant Peach. Yeah, we're actually watching James and the Giant Peach. It's a Woo-hoo! great movie, 1996, uh, directed by Henry Selick, based on the book by uh, Roald Dahl. It is such a good movie, uh, assisted by Tim Burton on this one, and oh my goodness, I love this movie, and I, I genuinely haven't seen it in like 15 years. So, yeah, this is this was fun to watch, because I had also not seen it in a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like early Tim Burton, so it's like no, it's actually after uh, after Nightmare Before Christmas. It was, but it's still like he's like so his first big hit was the Batman movie in '89, right? Uh, and Edward Scissorhands right after that in '90. Yeah, so and, like, but this is after the big ones, really, because like you've got Nightmare Before Christmas, you've got uh, Edward Scissorhands, you've got. Um, Crybaby, he was involved with. You know, he, yeah. he's, he's passed a lot of these big names for himself already. But yeah, he he hasn't really. When it comes to the stop motion ones, he's still kind of working through some stuff, I think. And we can see in this movie in particular that the stop motion is used as a tool for imagination, right? Stop motion so represents. Excited. Yeah. Stop motion represents magic in this movie. Uh, originally, though, it was supposed to be, according to Henry Selick, he said that when they were doing the initial drafts of this movie, it was supposed to be entirely stop motion. And really? That, yeah, he said that um, the only reason that they didn't was because uh, it would cost too much money versus just filming some of it as live action. So I, I guess it, it worked out. I mean, it's fine. It, it's it's cool this way, I think. This is fun. This is like a fun movie because it's got like one of my favorite, like, Roald Dahl is awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, and like, you know, uh, it, it's an adaptation from Roald Dahl by Tim Burton. It's like, it's pretty much exactly what you would want, like, in a Disney movie. Uh, Randy Newman plays a big part in, like, making the music for this. So it's yeah. like, it's got like, a whole lot of interesting types of folks working together to make a very strange movie. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Including the actors, actually. There's some really interesting actors on this one. Um, Simon Callow was Grasshopper. Richard Dreyfus actually played the centipede, which is, I didn't know. Like, I, I heard the voice and I was like, oh, I know, I think I know that guy. And then it turned out to be Richard Dreyfus. Um, Jane Leaves, you might know her from Hot in Cleveland. She played the ladybug. Uh, Miriam Morgoyles, who played Sponge, also played uh, Glowworm. Mm-hmm. And you might know her as Professor Sprout in Harry Potter. 
Susan Sarandon played the spider, uh, which was a surprise. And then David Thewlis played the earthworm. You might know him as Professor Lupin from Harry Potter. Uh, the werewolf There's only guy. like seven British actors, so they're all in Harry Potter. Yeah. If you are a British <laughs> actor, you've probably been in Harry Potter. So, uh, And while is, you're at it, you're also in a Game of Thrones. Right. Because there's not that many of, of those those guys. I, I really, I think that this, this movie has a lot of, of big names in it that I'm, I'm really surprised by, but I'm happy with. Like, I didn't know, because we just never saw their face. The only face that we saw out of those was Miriam Morgoyle's uh, sponge. And even then, it's like a weird, adjusted version of our face. So... I, I'm, I'm a fan. I think that this is going to be a, a great episode because there's a lot of really great things to talk about. Yeah. Can we start? Can I talk about uh, Roald Dahl for a minute? Yeah, by all means. Uh, what else did he do as well? Well, he did like Charlie and Chocolate Factory, uh, which is one that I read a lot as a kid. He did The Gremlins. His first book was The Gremlins. He did Matilda. He did the BFG. He did Witches. He did Fantastic Mr. Fox. Like He did all of these like fantastic books and like as a like as a middle school teacher like i still see books he wrote in the 60s and 70s like in hands of kids like it's like amazing the staying power of like Roald Dahl like he's just like he's such an imaginative like uh writer that like that Tim Burton could make a movie and also like <laughs> you can make up the BFG and they're totally totally different styles but you can kind of pull it out of the same actor and like Charlie and Ch Chocolate Factory is altogether different like it feels totally different Fantastic Mr. Fox was made into a movie and feels completely different Matilda yeah. was made into a movie and feels completely different they all have like this element of like magical realism in it mm -hmm. uh, and I think like it's just like a testament to his really interesting imagination Oh, I agree, especially when you look at the fact that Tim Burton's been involved in several of those. Yeah. Um, I think that just goes to show what kind of person, or what kind of stories that Tim Burton is looking to, to interact with. And this is this is a style... Roald Dahl has a very specific style of way outlandish fantasy, right? Like this, these things who, who would have ever thought about like a mechanical shark just being a regular ass shark you know <laughs> um, or who would have thought about um some crazy hobo guy with with tongues of alligators mixed with yada 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 yeah uh like it, it's that sort of stuff that is it's very much old doll style and i i can appreciate it i really like it actually yeah, and also Roald Dahl does a good job of, like, he he gives you all this crazy imagination, all this interesting stuff, but he's also, like, there's some darkness to his books as well, and, like, some depth that, like, he is not trying to, like, look over your intelligence as a kid. Like, he is, like, saying, like, you are also old enough to handle this. Yeah. Like, it might be an angry rhinoceros that kills your parents, but you still can understand that it's sad and, like the tragedy of it like yeah and and i will say that the angry rhinoceros is portrayed really well in this movie um the fact that it, it's it's sort of always in a storm it, it like it, it's personified by storm and lightning and things 
Um, but we'll get into to his parents later. I want to talk about that. That's something that we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, Let's fucking do it. Let's get into it. Yeah. Oh, explicit warning. Do what? Oh, yeah, warning. Expl- hey, kids. <laughs> do you think we should just, like, pre-record one, Tony? I, I feel like we, we, we might as well just, like, have one right at the very beginning. Yeah, uh, let's do it. Okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll do that later. But uh, it is season two, so if you are a child, then you've been doing this for too long, and somebody's got to stop you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that somebody is me. So <laughs> we just got done talking about all these wonderful children's books that you can go and read. <laughs> Somebody's got to stop you. <laughs> just don't listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, don't listen to our podcast if you were a child because we say fuck a lot. Yeah, so don't stop that. Okay, that that was my Perfect. warning. That's my warning to you. Uh, so I got some trivia for you, Tony. Okay. So. I don't know if you noticed, but in the underwater scene in the Arctic, uh, he says, when he comes into the pirate's chambers, he says, a skeleton. I did notice that, yeah. <laughs> and it's because the head was the is the same one that they used for Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, yeah. And then as right after he says, a skeleton, he says, jackpot. Uh, nice. I didn't it, notice that. Yeah. So that one's kind of that- funny. The film took 12 years to reach the screen. Uh, Roald Dahl himself was convinced that the property would never make a viable film. But 12 years later, they managed to make it work. Uh, For one of the scenes early on, uh, Aunt Sponge and Aunt Spiker briefly recite a few lines from a poem written by Roald Dahl. That's when they are, uh, when they're sitting in the on the chairs outside and they're rhyming for some reason you're like why are they rhyming is it going to be like this through the whole movie and then i realized that it wasn't that it was a poem but it could have been and i would not have been sad sure uh according to the newspaper (laughs) at the end the movie takes place in, in 1949 the lyrics for the song eating the peach were actually written by roald Dahl, which is super cool nice yeah that that's a pretty cool one uh so, Miriam Morgoyles, the person that played Sponge, is a second actor in a Disney live-action movie to provide both a live-action role and a voiceover role. Uh, she's only the second person to do that. The first person would be James Basket in Song of the South, 1946. Mm-hmm. The happy tune that the grasshopper plays in uh, in the song is Johann Sebastian Bach's Parita, or Partita for violin solo number three in E major. So that's pretty cool that he was just playing Bach. Anyway, yeah, so there, there's a lot of really good, uh, really cool stuff about this movie. Uh, that's all the trivia I have, though. Okay. Smooth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we totally didn't just cut anything out. Nope. <laughs> I wasn't, okay. wrong, wasn't wrong about a thing. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to <laughs> go ahead and pause the movie. Yeah, and pause. we're going to let you all watch it now that we've talked a lot about it and gave away a lot of shit. Yeah. Do it. All right, unpause. So you're back. Here we are. We are here with, uh, with, with friends. 
that very much so probably just watched the movie. I have faith. There, uh, there is some some immediate things we have to talk about from the very beginning of this movie, Tony, and that yeah. is, I love the violin at the beginning of this movie. Uh, I think it's it's a beautiful opening scene. You got the thing with his parents. It's a perfect family, and then it's like, bam, an angry rhinoceros, a rhinoceros killed his parents in 35 seconds flat, and then it was over. Gobbled them up. Go- gobbled them right up, 35 seconds flat, and then we just moved right past it. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, no warning, we just are past it now. Wait, he's living with his aunts, and that's it. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like, like, so they show you this darkness and this tragedy, but it's like, it's like all set up kind of all together with like, the beginning of the movie so he's his life is beginning in tragedy is how you're supposed to to take it right. um i really really find it interesting how like purposefully fake like the real world it looks in this in this uh this movie right it's almost like the stop motion looks more real than than the like like than the, the real island world. that he lives on the the uh, the lighthouse in the background doesn't look especially real. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, and like New York sort of also looks fake when we get to New York. Right. Uh, it's like it looks like a, it's purposely set up like a set. You know, like it looks like a set. Right. Uh, whereas like when it's when he's like he's in the stop motion world, it's like very uh, fluid and it looks more natural, I guess. And I yeah. find that really interesting. Like that's an interesting well, choice. And I guess that kind of boils down to. Um, what I believe to be the theme of the movie, which is perception. Um, Yeah, I guess I should ask you, Tony, what do you think the theme of this movie is? Or if you have several themes. Oh, I think it's perception. You do? Okay. I was just stealing your answer. I don't... (laughs) I didn't didn't think deeply about this, Josh. (laughs) Okay, well, like, yeah. So I guess the way I, I see it is, from the very beginning, his mom is like, uh, look at it from a different way. Look at it this mm-hmm. way. And I think that from a viewer's standpoint, we're seeing this ironic perception, right? The, the thing that you just said. The fact that the real world, world looks fake and this imaginary world looks real. Um, so that's already a thing having to do with perception that's kind of ironic. Later mm-hmm. on, we we know that like the the rhino is only really perception. We we know that like the the thing with all of these friends, these these uh, insect friends, is all about perception. And nobody else believes him, and then he's like, no, I I I've seen them. I know what they look like. I, they're my friends. Yes, they're real. And once everybody else sees them. Um, it's they're real now because they can see them. It I I feel like because nobody else really believed them until they saw the insects. I think that in that way it's it's interesting to think about it like that. Yeah, I do I do see a lot of what you're saying. I think that it's especially like like Tim Burton does a good job of like showing sort of like dreamlike states uh, and like. When you talk about how quickly it moves through, like the tragedy of his childhood, yeah. part of that is because as a kid, like your perception of time is super weird. Sure. Um, and so, like, 
maybe like you're like sitting there and suddenly like your life is different, right? Right. Uh, and it feel and it feels like that. And I think that's not even just as a kid. Like when you go through something, like time moves really weirdly uh, when you're going through like something like tragic. Tragic. Like yeah. I mean that's fair. Yeah. I agree. I, I think that the the fact that you know he meets crazy stalker hobo man and he can see him like through the wall and then he's on the same side of the wall is is like it's it's creepy but it, it's it feels like it's more about perception than anything to me can we talk about how like wonderful the aunts are they're they're pretty awful people but they're great actresses and i am a big <laughs> fan this is such a fun like pair of actresses. Like, yeah. they did such a good job. These characters are ridiculous. <laughs> well, and I, I love I love their their they're working together and they're like she, she she's like uh, get up and beat him and and uh, Sponge is like oh it's so early I don't want to beat him right now. <laughs> You're like a real like that's you got lucky today. I'm not gonna beat you because she's too tired. <laughs> I really like. Or that. like when they're like eating this like scrumptious apparently meal, and there's just like fish heads in the fish heads, and he gets like <laughs> two chips. Uh, and that's when Gosh. we get. That's when we get. They're like, they literally are like, there's so much work to be done. Work, 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 when he's Think. eating the chips is when we get the my name is James and it's so good. My that's, name is James. That's what they call me. And he's singing he, he's singing to the to the spider. Yes. Uh, he's also sends like the one thing that he's like I've never shown this to anyone and then he sends it out the window and he's like well I guess I don't I I I mean, I guess you have to like really commit to to get the magic working or whatever. But uh, it feel it like was really weird. I was like, "Wow, you have like one memory of your parents left, and you just threw it out the window." Yeah, just tore it right up and, and sent it out the window. Well, he didn't tear up the candle, but uh, he tore up his his one possession of the, the potato chick bag. Um, I right. Yeah, <laughs> after looking it clean. You know, you gotta really get in there for that. He's also really crafty. Like, I don't even know how to do that with paper. Yeah, I also think that that would be kind of fun to learn. Maybe we should all become uh, James peach farmers and also uh, make paper lanterns. Yeah, I think that would be pretty cool. But I think because he he gave away his fancy candle. Uh, he was able to get the magic. I think they kind of go together. You think that if he hadn't done that, he wouldn't have gotten the magic? Yeah, I think he like he was so desperate for like friendship and happiness and, and change, that he like yeah. gave away he like gave away his hope. Like he put his hope on that one candle and threw it out the window instead of holding on to it. And because of that, he was able to get the magic. Yeah, because of that crazy hobo man. Um, the crazy hobo man the crazy. time traveler dude he's got so many watches on so so before we get to him there's okay. this like awesome spider scene where the 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 aunt wakes him up by yelling at the spider right 
and this is like just fun slapstick falls down the stairs catches the spider off her face right before the fly swatter slaps her in the face yeah. she's like ah you slapped me in the face and they start like hitting each other <laughs> you slapped me in the face <laughs> I love and that and then he saves the spider and he's like, go somewhere else. You can go. I'm a human and can't crawl under the ground. Whatever. Then yeah. the time travel guy shows up. Yay, time travel hobo man. Um, he comes with a big old, that, that same potato chip bag and it's filled with with goodies. Magic little worms. Gross worms. No, they're not really worms, though. They're alligator tongues. Uh, crocodile tongues. Which makes you think that this guy is probably not the, the coolest. He's probably, like, out, like, cutting tongues out of out of, out of crocodile uh, <laughs> mouths. Yeah, pretty awful human being, really. Yeah, he's not a good guy. Uh, but he, <laughs> he does the job. He, he's like, here, take these. Whatever you do, don't spill them. Yeah, do not spill these, small child. Because whatever they get into, they're going to make magic. Uh, so, okay, he ate one of those things and turned into a cartoon. If right. he, like, if he had planned it out, and eaten, would he like, eat one every bag? Day? Yeah. What would have happened? Like, I think that he would have turned really big. <laughs> like a like a <laughs> like peach. a giant peach. Yeah, he would have been giant James and and in uh, a shitty little peach. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you think he would have been able to like shoot lasers out of his eyes or something? I think that there is no limit to his magic. I think that if he had eaten all of those things, he's a god. Cool. I like that. Unfortunately, he is a small child and. The hobo man did not give him a lid for his uh, his crocodile tongues. <laughs> his thing made out of paper. What, what do you expect? He's a small child. He, he drops it immediately. He immediately fucks up. Um, <laughs> Don't drop this. Okay, drop. <laughs> <laughs> it's already on the ground. What was that? Were you saying don't drop it? It's already on the ground. They're all gone. Can I get some more? Um... Dude, this had a stew in a witch's skull for 25 days. I had to cut out thousands, I had to kill thousands of crocodiles for this. Come on. I just, like, I just get, where, where do you want me to find 25 or 200 more crocodile tongues? And where else <laughs> am I going to find a witch skull? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Witch's skulls don't just grow on trees. <laughs> you know what does grow on cheese? Giant peaches. ass peaches. I, you like, like my segue? I did. Who's to say that this was a peach tree before? It was just a dead tree, is the thing. Right. Well, like, who's this? Who, how do we know that this was even a peach tree? Like, what if it was like a, a pear tree or something that was dead, and then when magic gets into it, it turns into a peach tree? I'm Googling peach tree bark right now. Yeah. If anybody was going to know, it would be Tony, because he was. He, he's the. You the know tree. what? It is some sort of, uh, like, I know it's some sort it's, of, like, definitely in the cherry family. Yeah. So it's going to be either a cherry or a peach or a, like you said, a, uh, a pear. A like, pear. it's going to be yeah. that family. Uh, I would say it's likely a peach, but it doesn't have to be because it's magic. Okay. I guess the logical way to assume would be that it was a peach tree before, but I'm just saying, like... 
it's magic, so it could be a pear tree. It, it was definitely a fruiting <laughs> tree. Sure. Um, anyway, so it, I like to think that it was a pear tree, and then it, it turned into a peach tree. And so we got this big ass peach. I love how like it, the, the magic doesn't affect any. It doesn't make more peaches on the tree, just the one, and it makes it really fucking big, as opposed to like growing like eighty peaches all at once. Um, yeah, I also want to go ahead and say, like, it was impressive, like, how calm and collected all of the humans were as this peach was just growing at a prodigious rate. Yeah. Nobody it was, was just like, like you could hear it growing. <laughs> yeah, you hear, like, water flowing inside it as it, like, expands. I would have been afraid. I thought, I, I would be like, that's a fucking balloon. That thing is going to explode everywhere. You would be like, this is an act of God. I repent my sins. I leave. <laughs> like, the end times are here. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. I, I probably would like be running around and cutting out tongues of crocodiles. I, yeah. uh, so it, he, he does manage later. He goes, goes back inside. They're like profiting off of it. Don't touch you. I'm going to refuse that little girl because she's got too many ideas. Uh, yeah, but the priest has to pay double. Yeah. He's like, may God have mercy on you. Um, but Thank he still, you, Father. He still goes inside. <laughs> yeah, he's still like, I, I'm still going to see this peach. Um, well, like I said, giant act of God. You would go see the peach, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, <laughs> he he goes back outside at some point while he's cleaning up trash. And he... Uh, he he got all dressed up to meet the children. Yeah, those and and they're all gone. You can meet yeah. their trash by all means. <laughs> uh, so I gotta say, the sisters, those aunts are pretty good at quips. They're yeah, they are. <laughs> they're fast. They're real fast. Uh, they there's a lot of smoking in this movie too. Did you notice? There's a, a lot of smoking. Um, yeah, that's true. I, I didn't really like put a put a note for it, but like, there's a lot of smoking in this movie. Like, Centipede's always got a cigar. Uh, Spider's got one of those long French cigarettes. Uh, the ants both smoke. You know. Yeah, um, I mean it's the it's a different time. Sure. The I mean, 90s. It, it's the I mean, 90s, the 40s. and it's set in the 40s. Yeah, so like you've got you got reason for it, but still. Uh, anyway, so. He he eats one of those those things as it's floating around. I'm surprised that no one else saw it uh, while they were doing stuff. While they were looking at that big old peach, that there was they were like, oh, there's a green little thing. Me eat it. But it, alas, he he eats it, and he immediately becomes Burtonized. Um, Burtonized, nice. Yeah, nice. thanks. Thank you. I wrote that down, and I was like, that's clever. He's gonna appreciate that. Uh, he becomes Burtonized and meets the bugs. Yeah, I guess he he just sort of like climbs up into the peach. He gets like a portal into the peach. He meets the bugs. Yeah, uh, and they're like the glowworms, like marvelous pigs in satin. <laughs> I don't remember though what it meant. In real English, I just wrote down marvelous pigs in satin, Josh. I don't remember what it was, because she can't hear she, so that's not really what was said, but I don't remember what it was. I don't Mar know. 
Marvelous. Nope, don't remember. I, Tony, you're you're asking the wrong person. I wasn't paying attention that much. All I know is that they went. <laughs> I, just, I just you know host a podcast talking about it. I don't pay attention. Yeah, to I it. wasn't really watching the movie. I was uh, I was eating <laughs> <laughs> or something. I I probably was watching. I just didn't pay attention to that. Probably. Uh. <laughs> anyway, uh, centipede or not centipede? Um, oh. I got it. I googled Marvelous Pigs and Satin. It was in Google Images. Not a good idea. Oh, no. <laughs> but then I put it onto the all, and it said, Marvelous Things Will Happen. Marvelous yeah. Things? Okay. That's fine. So, anyway, we get to this, this really funny line uh, by the Earthworm, who says something... He's probably my favorite character, to be honest with you. I love the Earthworm. Um, he's he, terrified. Yeah, he like I I want to get to this in a second, Tony, about uh, who you relate to most out of these bugs. But uh, Ooh, interesting. Yeah, so I, I definitely think I probably relate to the earthworm most. He says this really funny line where he's like, uh, "The the sisters are going to come get me. Sponge and Spike are going to come get me with their shovels and and war machines. They cut my brother in half, and now I've got two half brothers." <laughs> and I was but like, I'm ah, that's so good. That's such a good line. Uh, there, there's a couple like that throughout the entire thing that are like so subtle and such good jokes. Yeah, he does. He does have a lot of good subtle jokes. Yeah, I'm a big <laughs> fan. Because uh, he keeps talking about how much he loves dirt too. Yeah, <laughs> I eat dirt. Uh, not, or when, when they're eating the peach he's like uh, well it's not dirt but it's not bad <laughs> uh, okay what, uh, who, who do you think you associate with Tom? Um, can I say like a mix of two I think yeah. I'm somewhere between grasshopper and, uh, and the centipede okay closer to centipede truthfully I'm, yeah, I, I'm like I'm the centipede who wants to be grasshopper, you know? Yeah, sure. So so you're you're <laughs> you're like a a Brooklyn guy that wants to be smart. Yeah, I'm just like a Brooklyn guy who wants to be. I can't I can't do that. <laughs> you can't do. A I think Brooklyn he's going accent. into Boston a little. <laughs> yeah, you're not good at accents. Don't just play into what you're good in. Good at. Yeah, I I like to think that I'm I'm most similar to Earthworm. Maybe some grasshopper thrown in there, because I'm not like afraid of everything, right? I just like I like dirt, and I like the like pessimistic attitude. I think that that's cool. I am most. I like to. I think we should put this on your Twitter profile, Josh. I have a podcast about Disney movies. I am most like an earthworm. <laughs> <laughs> I am an earthworm. <laughs> I, I, I love their two half brothers. Um, <laughs> there was another one uh, that was funny later. That was actually Ladybug's line that I, I laughed surprisingly hard at. I wasn't expecting myself to laugh so hard. She when she topples over when the the peach is rolling, she topples over and she's like, "Oh, how unladybug like." Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> I, I laughed. Like, I don't know why I laughed so hard. I was like, it's such a cheesy joke. 
<laughs> but I laughed so hard. Uh, I like how... So, in A Bug's Life, they make fun of the fact that ladybugs are always, like, women. Yeah, and in this one, and she, I like that she's a lot. like an old lady. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of the peach rolling scene, it is really funny. The Like, the peach rolling down the hill is hilarious. Like, yeah. with the, the rooster, like, going like, oh, should I? No. No, that's not the sun. <laughs> like... And, like, the peach jumping over the whole church spire. It's, like, a really fun scene. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that was done in... Or almost all of that was done in stop motion as well. It, and you can tell by the chicken. The chicken doesn't look like a real chicken. I, I know. think that that was such a funny scene. They, they really did that well. And then it, like, plops in the water. And... And it's suddenly daytime. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say, I think it's really weird that... Like the peach squishes their car, right? The the sponge and spike it squishes their car, and then the next time we see them, they're getting out of their squished car covered in like seaweed and stuff. So does that mean they like they drove through the ocean? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense to me. Well, I, it, it, we're gonna we're gonna get there. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so they, they were going along. They're they're in the thing. They've got a like a ramp now made out of fence, which is cool. Um, Hell yeah! And they are sailing along. They need to find a way to change direction. So James is like, "Well, we could get some some birds." Uh, <laughs> it's brilliant. It's a good idea. I lo- I also love. <laughs> So, like, uh, James, like, it's a stupid idea, and Grasshopper's like, no, 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 you should, you should say it, and he says, well, we could catch all the birds, and Centipede's like, you're right, it was a stupid idea. That is a stupid idea. (laughs) Oh, man, good times. I like, I like Centipede (laughs) a lot. Well, and like, and then he he gets rope out of uh, the spider's butt. And uh, he like uses earthworm as a tool for for getting birds. Uh, well, getting a single bird because he only gets one before this crazy mechanical <laughs> shark robot shows up. Who uh, poops out uh, fish heads the same as what was in the, uh, yeah. the oven? Poops out those fish heads and shoots harpoons out of its mouth. Uh, pretty terrifying creature so he gets one of those those seagulls it's flying it's doing its job and suddenly they've got like a hundred of them with a net and i guess i guess this welcomes us to the the fucking rope section (laughs) i knew this was coming so i (laughs) thought about this I yeah. don't know if we can. I don't know if we can play the fucking rope game here. The fucking rope game, because this is like rope. there's a giant peach <laughs> and six foot tall centipedes and well, sure. Like and you could also argue that like because it's it's spider, uh, it's like spider silk that it doesn't really count as rope, and that maybe it's like got stronger like tether. Yeah, maybe as it scales up it gets equally as strong as it goes up or something like that. I, I mean maybe, like who knows, because it is it's a different material. I think that that's true. I think that the fantasy aspect is true. But if nothing else, I don't think that a hundred birds 
can, can they all lift. just get caught <laughs> yeah but like 100 birds I don't know if that's enough power to lift that much no I agree I also like the thing that annoyed me was when he threw the net like there were like six birds that were outside of the net and they just were like well <laughs> I yeah, guess I'm gonna go with my brother in <laughs> yeah everybody else is getting caught by this net peer pressure <laughs> no uh, like I I don't think that the rope would have held but the the, the birds definitely couldn't lift that much uh Anyway, so that that's that's the the kind of fucking rope section. It's it's too much magic to be full fucking rope, right? But it's got it's it's enough realism to be like, well, fucking do we believe rope. this? Is yeah. this the thing? It is the thing. Yeah, but the, I hope you guys like this new segment. By the way, <laughs> I'm a big fan <laughs> of this segment. I am too. <laughs> it, it, it gives me uh, every time I get to say it with the Irish accent, it makes me kind of happy. Fucking uh, rope. Fucking rope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who was... Oh, that was kind of Canadian. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> who, who's the idiot now who brought the fucking rope? Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, after they finish and they get away, the worm... Earthworm is complaining that he has a backache. And I wrote... I, I had to write that down. Because it's funny, because earthworms don't have spines... Yeah, he's like, I got a backache. Man, uh, I feel like we should have had a bug expert. We know some bug experts. Oops. Do we know an expert? Oh well. Who's who's a bug expert? Uh, one of my friends it, here in Dallas is. Oh, cool. Anyway, uh, yeah. So like, <laughs> there's um, the, the, he he afterwards he says uh, th- there's like no hope of of finding a way. And he's like, oh, we should just all shrivel up and die. And I was laughing pretty hard. Because it was like a continuation of the, the backache thing. And I was still laughing. And then he said that. Yeah. And I, I was laughing even more. I love the earthworm so much. Um, he's Wonderworm! <laughs> I'm Wonderworm. you got to look at it from a different way. There's a cool sharp shark explosion. They get away. Um, then they almost starve. Yeah. I think that there's there's a weird moment that or a weird like physics thing that I gotta ask about that they don't really cover, and that's when when they eat the peach, right? So like as they're eating the peach from the inside, does the peach get lighter? Do they gain altitude? Yeah, but it's happening at the same time as the birds are probably getting tireder, right? So right. maybe they cancel yeah. each other out. Okay. Well, and, and but also the that peach takes a little would bit off gain, their back. The peach would gain, like, would lose weight, but they are gaining the weight at the same time. So until they start pooping off of the peach, it wouldn't be noticeable. Well, it's also being metabolized, so it's not like they're gaining the exact amount of weight of everything they're eating. Sure, sure, sure. But it, like, it metabolizes slowly over time. Sure, but like over the course of like the next two or three hours. The, the peach is losing weight. Does this go with the fucking rope section? <laughs> I, I mean, may, yeah, I guess this still counts as fucking rope. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, 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 it was just a little thing. Like, I, I imagine that, yeah, you're right, the birds are probably losing power at this point, but, like, at the same time, as the peach gets lighter, maybe they're getting power back. Like, because they're like, oh, it's easier now. 
We're birds. Sorry, I, I'm only half listening. I'm Googling pictures of marvelous pigs in satin, <sighs> and man, okay, they well, are marvelous. I, I'll, whatever, I'll carry you. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> what else is new? Yeah, burn. So, they sing about what bugs eat. It's really, really fun. And now that I know it's written by Roald Dahl, it makes sense, because it's really <laughs> silly. Uh, okay. Whatever. Uh, while you're looking for that, why don't we take a second and look off this porch here. Hey, Galza. He's sitting out on his log over there, Tony. You see him? Oh, yeah. Yowza's log? Yeah, he looks so sad. Uh, hey, Yowza. Yowza, you got anything for us? Yowza's log. Yard date. 49? Maybe? It's hard to tell. There's no way to possibly count time here in this extra-dimensional space that I now call home. I tried to get onto the porch the other day, but Tony and Josh only threw dozens of half-rotten peaches at me. Now, I would complain, but it's the only sustenance I've had for the past week. I fear that I may now be becoming delirious. I've been seeing glowing earthworms and talking crickets and animals and very strange things. Anyway, I'm high as a kite, so goodbye for now. Alright, cool. Thanks, Yalda. You did so good. Yep. Yep, stay out there. Yeah, You, you no, see you different things out there that we yeah. can see up here on this, this nice, warm, comfortable porch. It's getting, yeah. getting cooler out, out there. Make yeah. sure you... It's getting kind of cold out now. Or something. Yeah. Uh, why don't you stack that wood and we will, uh, we're going to have some lemonade up here. Yeah, we uh, will bring you some hot chocolate. We'll maybe. leave it yeah, on maybe. the step of the front porch. Yeah, <laughs> we'll leave it way, way down there for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> for, for Yaza, down there on that log. <laughs> uh, thanks again to Yaza for that. Uh, that was good. Uh, so they are in the North Pole now, which is cool. Or maybe the South. Uh, who knows? But they... What's your latitude and longitude? That's personal! <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought that was a pretty good line. They, um, they are talking underwater after, like, Centipede goes down to find a compass uh, because he fucked up real good in navigation because he doesn't know anything about navigation. Because uh, he's a centipede is the thing. Right. He's a centipede. He's a regular-ass centipede. Um... <laughs> So he jumps down into the water, and uh, he's talking in the water, first of all, which is crazy. There's also, when they get down there, I don't know if you noticed, but there's totally a, a Donald Duck skeleton as well. Was um, there? I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's got, like, the, the, the beak, and it's got the same Donald Duck hat. And when it was talking, when it was fighting uh, Centipede, it was going, wah, wah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. They do talk a lot underwater, and they're way down there for a really long time in like this freezing cold water. Right, and that was it's the other thing. Good it's thing. really cold. <laughs> it's so cold that ice forms. It's yeah. a good thing that uh, we're not like you know in a real world. We're in this magical world where hundred birds can carry a, a peach, or else they would probably die within a couple of minutes. Yeah, because it's cold. And they are underwater for a really long time, so they need to breathe. And also, they're talking underwater. So uh, there's some there's some stuff there that's not 
Great. Um, anyway, they find the compass, they get back up, and there's this clear sexual tension between Spider and Centipede. Uh, oh, yeah. I think it's always, like, from the beginning, when we first met the two characters, I think that there was still sexual tension between the two. Um, yeah. I think there also is, like, after, so after Centipede gets back up, there's sexual tension between a lot of bugs here, because I think there's also sexual <laughs> tension between him and Grasshopper. There's, like, there's a lot going on. There's, like, a little triangle happening yeah. there. Yeah, I could definitely see something between Centipede and Grasshopper. Um, yeah. I don't think that Earthworm has anybody in the world. <laughs> Which is a shame. Yeah, poor Earthworm. Um, he's got his dirt, but he, he's so far from land, he's real sad. Yeah, as soon as he gets dirt, man, he'll be happy. Anyway, so he, they, they're all back on the peach. They're flying for a while. They're doing well. They're, he listens to the Grasshopper's song, which is a really sweet scene for me. Um, yeah, music is the voice of the soul. And he's like, and like this. what do you mean? As if, like, that's not a clear enough statement. <laughs> well, when I'm happy, here's this. And when I'm sad, here's this. Uh, it, it's a beautiful scene, and, and the grasshopper shows a side of himself, I think, that we hadn't seen yet. That's like, And he, he almost, as soon as James showed up, he was like, I don't, I can stop, I don't want to show anybody this. And he does, and I think it's a, it's a beautiful bonding thing between the two. Yeah. The uh, We Are Family song. Yeah. So they... Single happy family. Yeah. They, and then they're in New York! They're in New York, and uh, he's like, I can see the Empire State Building. We're so close. And they get slightly thrown off track as the rhino comes out. And Centipede's like, oh no, we'll end up in Jersey. <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> perfect. Uh, so... There's the rhino, and they're like, uh, remember what your parents said, look at it in a different way. And this is why I think that it's it's about perception, right? I guess perception of fear above all else, but like still perception, um, specifically when it comes to the, the, the rhino. And yeah. he's like, I'm not afraid of you. You're all talk. You, you, you got nothing. Um, <laughs> You're nothing. Nothing. <laughs> You're nothing. Uh, I, I I wonder though, if what if he was wrong? Because this this rhino supposedly killed his parents in thirty five seconds flat. If, if he was wrong and he was just like, you nothing, and the rhino's like, fuck you, and then like eats him. Fuck you! Um, I'm a giant like cloud. <laughs> I'm a cloud rhino. <laughs> yeah, like I, I can do, do whatever. I want. <laughs> but he doesn't. It doesn't work out that way. I guess my, my question off of that, then, is if he's all talk, how did his parents really die? Maybe, like, in a storm, in a hurricane, maybe? Yeah, because, like, there's this thing about, like, I see shapes and animals in, in clouds. clouds. Yeah, and so this like, is a storm. Yeah. He probably They probably did die in a storm. And And I think that's why, like, when James told Sponge and Spike um, that he, like, hey, I think my parents were killed by a rhino because when he saw the storm, all he saw was a rhino. Yeah. And so, and that's why whenever they say that rhino's gonna come get you, they're, like, making fun of him a little bit, like... Yeah, they are. Yeah. And, and they know it was just a storm, but they're like, oh, he saw it as a rhino, let's fuck with him, say it was a rhino. Yeah. So I think I think his parents probably died in a storm. Drag. 
Yeah. But he didn't. Yeah. And his peach lands on top of the Empire State Building. It's crazy. And they have to get him down with with a huge crane. Um, he does tie himself in a knot, but it's just like an overhand knot. It like will as soon as he falls, will just take like fall off of him. Not a safe knot, everybody. Not yeah. a safe knot. That he is will not a die. safe knot. You want to do at least a bowler. Um, also, when they bring hit, hit the huge crane off of the Empire State Building, which, by the way, that is a too big of a crane. Yeah. That's when they bring the, that, that bring him down off of this the Empire State Building, instead of bringing him down first and then the peach, they brought him. They down, just bring him down on top, on top of, of the, the peach. peach. Yeah. What? What? So unsafe. Yeah. I like, and I, I don't think it's especially a uh, good idea, but they did it. And so they're they're all down here, and the the ants come back, spike and sponge, and they're like, "Well, that's our boy." And they're covered in water, and nobody is like, "Hey, did you just swim through the Atlantic Ocean? Did you just drive through the Atlantic Ocean?" Nobody says that, but um, I wish. My they had. question too: They want to like bring him back, and they want to bring him back the peach, and I'm thinking. How are you going to put it on your car? Are you going to buy a new car? Are you going to live in New York now? What is the deal? Yeah. Well, no, because they're like, we're going to go back to our safe little hill. Um, yeah, they did say that. So how the hell are they getting back? I don't know. And, and more so, when, when he tells them that he flew it here, and everybody's so surprised, they're like, no, that's stupid. <laughs> well, like, how did it get on top of the Empire State Building? It's a giant peach. <laughs> you saw it up there. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> oh, no. It's just like, I know that there's a peach on top of the Empire State Building, but, but it, it couldn't, couldn't have been flown there. <laughs> yeah, I can't fly. <laughs> 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 so oh, they, no. They drove across the Atlantic. Um, they, they drove through the Atlantic. Th through the Atlantic. And uh, they... They, had they to, cost James. It's really mean. They're really mean. Yeah, and they're like swinging axes at a, at a fire truck, which is pretty yeah, crazy. Yeah, they lost their cool pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, James says, I flew a giant peach across the ocean. I landed on the tallest building in the world. I'm not nothing. You are! And it's like this really, like, powerful line. And yeah, then... And everybody's cheering. Yeah, fuck those old yeah, ladies. Yeah, he did fly a giant peach across yeah, the ocean. those old ladies are mean. They look all these are really mean. <laughs> they got they've got seaweed on them. <laughs> yeah, fuck old ladies with seaweed on them. Yeah, taking a stance. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when they are wrapped in silk in vigilante justice style, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, get those ladies out of here. <laughs> okay, the crane is just going. Let's take these ladies somewhere else. I like. I wonder whose job it was to be the hand that pulls the crane lever because you never see his body. You just see his hand pulling the lever like four times. Yeah. In this in the movie. Yeah. He, he's well, the real hero. Yeah, he's the real hero in this story. But we've got all. all nobody's like, whoa, a bunch of giant bugs. I honestly, I think the the only people that were rational when it came to seeing giant bugs was. 
the, the two aunts, right? They're like, yeah. they're like, holy shit, giant bugs are going to eat us. They're like running around in circles, and everybody else is like, oh, they're here. That's cool. I no, would, yeah, like, I would aunts be, are like, holy shit, does this, like, <laughs> aliens coming to kill us? Like, what is happening? <laughs> like, I would definitely be, no. In the waterlogged car with the sisters? No, I wouldn't be in the waterlogged car with the sisters. I would definitely be in their boat, though. I think that, like, if, <laughs> if I had to stand there and watch alien life plop down onto a peach in front of me on the empire state building now like you have to assume aliens are the reason right yeah well because like you can't just assume these are regular ass bugs because they're not yeah wow so we now know the truth the truth behind the 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 hobo time traveler yep he contacted anyway contacted aliens the truth is out there you guys the truth is out there James Uh-oh. eats the peach with all the children in their home in Central Park, uh, and he makes friends, and he's happy, and he he makes friends, and he's he's with the with the the people, and Randy Newman's really happy about it, so he sings about it. Yeah, and then old time traveler hobo guy um, is there. He's like he winks at the camera again, and he's like he's like. This all is actually a story told to you by James because he wished it. And you're like, holy shit, the whole thing is about perception. Whoa! Whoa. Maybe Time Traveler guy was James. He wasn't, but that's an interesting theory. (laughs) (laughs) Just shoot me down, it's fine. Uh, Josh, did you uh, did you notice the after credit scene? No, there was an after credit scene. Yeah, everybody pause and go watch the after credit scene because it's fucking awesome. Pause. Okay, you're back. T- tell me about you're this back after credit scene, Tony. So it's like this. Uh, it's like a minute long, but it's like it's just like a like a like a 1920s like arcade game, and it's just like. You're the <laughs> you're the shark, and you are like literally punching the ants in the butt with the shark. <laughs> okay, it's really weird. It That's just it? keeps saying "bam, boom, bam." It's like very violent, <laughs> and their heads fall off every time. Was this in every version? I don't know, man. I, I watched it on Amazon, and I, wa- I went to the after credits, because I always do to see what happens. And wow. like in the 90s, usually there isn't anything after the credits, but in this case, there was. And I was like, whoa. That's pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, it was really weird. <laughs> it was really dark. I was like, holy shit, they're killing. <laughs> like, this is a, a thing about killing things. Cool. Weird. On that note. Yeah, that's the end. Uh, I hope you liked it. That was the that was James and the Giant Peach. So, what we would have you guys do is join us in the conversation. We want to hear what you guys have to say. If you have anything to add about this movie or have any uh, other notes that we didn't touch on, by all means, let us know. We are happy to include you in the conversation in our next episode and or in an episode down the line. I guess not necessarily the next one. But we want to we wanna hear back from you guys. We're trying to start a community. So you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at FrontPorchDisney. You can find me on Twitter, at FrontPorchJosh. And me on Twitter, at FrontPorchTony. 
Yes, and also, don't forget to rate and subscribe and tell your friends and all that good stuff because really, you guys are the ones that are keeping this thing going. So, uh, tell a friend, get them to rate and subscribe as well, get them to tell another friend, and then get their other friend to tell another friend, and so on. Because season two, no yeah. half measure, measures, only double measures. Yeah, double, double, double measures. Double it up. Season two, <laughs> do it. All right. Uh, what are we watching next week, Josh? Well, uh, that's a good question because we haven't talked about it. What uh, What would be a good movie for next week? Why don't we do kind of? You want to do older? Let's new? just cut this out and talk about it in post. Yeah. Good idea. Good. What? Cool. <laughs> well, uh, Tony, I think, how about we do Bolt then? Sounds good. I love that movie. Yeah. I hey. never watched it until college, and I didn't think I was going to like it, but then I did. It is fun. Yeah, it's a pretty great movie, and Rhino is the best. Rhino's my favorite character. So um, we're going from one Rhino movie to another. Yeah, and this one is not nearly as dark of a Rhino, but close. Um... <laughs> So, why don't you guys uh, take a chance, if you want, sometime this week and watch that, because that it will be aired in two weeks, that episode. And, yeah, I think that's it, Tony. Got anything else? That's it for me. Okay. Well, then, why don't you see us out? I wouldn't have nothing if <laughs> no, I didn't Tony, have no. you. That's the wrong movie. It's uh, Randy Newman. Is, is it really? Yeah, doesn't sound well, like Randy. Well, he wrote the lyrics. Yeah, I was gonna say this. Uh, doesn't the voice isn't Randy Newman? Goodbye, guys. No. Goodbye. Hold your hand and steal a kiss or two on the front porch with you. Oh.